You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Southside Baptist Church, located in Florence, South Carolina. We now have two services, a classic service at 8.30 and a modern service at 11 o'clock. For more up-to-date information, check us out at southsidenow.church. Pastor Duke is um, from the great state of Ohio. As some of you know, he's pastored uh, in New York, planted a church in New York, and out of that church, seven new church plants had started, and um, he is now... For the last, I think, since 2010, traveling the country, preaching in different churches. He's preached at my brother's church and uh, rode horses with my father. And so our family loves uh, Pastor Duke and uh, and his family. And um, and so I didn't realize this. He'll let you know. This is the first church he's preached in in South Carolina. So we're the first. All right? Amen? <laughs> so let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Duke as you come up my friend. First, but hopefully not the last. Amen. It's great to be with you, uh, man. Jesus is coming again. How cool is that? And I remember being uh, raised uh, without Jesus in my heart. There was no Bibles in our home. There was no prayer, and we just kind of, you know, just kind of going with the flow. And things were kind of heading in the wrong direction. Well, uh, I do a podcast. Uh, COVID kind of took me off the road for a while, and I had a friend introduce me to podcasting. He said, well, will you be on my podcast with me as a co-host? And I'm like, what's a podcast? All it is is just a sermon, a message that's recorded. It goes up on the wall on the World Wide Web. And my wife and I have cards. If you don't get one of the cards, just remember PastorDuke.com. You can go. All my prophetic stuff is up. And uh, I'm getting uh, 2,450 listens per week on mine and about 1,500 on one, my co-host, uh, John. I'm on both of these. And uh, getting just right at 4,000 listens a week. And that's a lot more people I ever ministered to when I was a pastor. And uh, so anyway, uh, we can be a blessing to you uh, when we go. You never know, the world of podcasting, I got 400 downloads in Pakistan one month. How cool is that? I don't know anybody in Pakistan. But and uh, 200 downloads in Syria. And what happens is God is saving Muslims. And they're going on the World Wide Web to find biblical teaching. And they're finding us. And I find that to be a real blessing. But you know, if Jesus is coming back, that's a big deal. And Jesus spoke a lot about his return. And this conference that I brought this weekend, I call it Convergence. Jesus said in the Olivet Discourse, the whole sermon was about his return. And he started that by saying, be not deceived. You look into the word of God, Satan won't be able to deceive you. You'll understand what's happening. You'll understand why it's happening. And you'll understand where it's all heading. God wants us to know what's going on. And I think some of the stuff uh, Gal said earlier, it's, it's kind of scary. Outside of Jesus, it is kind of scary. But just remember, if he came to you today, he wouldn't lay his hand on and say, you better be freaking out about this because there's a rough time ahead of you. I, I, I don't think that's what Jesus would say. I think he'd say, you might go through some storms, but remember what he did with the storms? <laughs> Three words, peace, be still, and everything was groovy. Do you, do you understand that word groovy here? Okay, I, I, I'm kind of from a hippie background if you haven't picked up yet i can't help it 
I quote people like the prophet Steppenwolf, you know, there's a monster on the loose and has our heads into a noose and he stands there watching. And that monster, of course, is Satan. And uh, Jesus said in that great sermon, after he said, be not deceived, later in that sermon he said, when you begin to see all these things come to pass, all these things converge. Things had to converge for his first advent. Things are converging for a second advent. In that sermon, he used the illustration of a pregnant woman giving birth to a child. She knows the child's coming. She just doesn't know exactly the day or the hour. But then (laughs) something happens. The membranes rupture. uh, uh, Contractions begin. They start out slow. They come faster and harder, faster and harder. And let me tell you, the birth pains have begun. We've established in our earlier teaching, Friday night, Saturday night, we know uh, from the book of Revelation, chapter 13, that there's coming an Antichrist. After the rapture of the church, the Antichrist is revealed. He comes to prominence at the first, and he comes to power three and a half years later in the middle of the tribulation. We looked at a lot of those events. Today I'm bringing you a message called the UN, United Nations Agenda 20. 30. Originally, it was Agenda 21, in their own words. There was a four-year setback for them in completing their globalist agenda when Trump became in office, backed out of the Paris uh, Climate Accord, and pulled back from everything global, uh, is a, a profound nationalist, and they hate him, not for his weird haircut and his mean tweets. They hate him because he is hindering their cause. And we're going to look at what they say they plan to do. And they wrote what I'm going to give you today. It's right off their webpage. It was written in 1992. But I want to lay just a little bit of a a spiritual foundation uh, before I get into the crux of what they say. have my Bible open to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel writes, at the time of the end... Um, in verse number four, uh, but thou, O Daniel, this is Daniel twelve four. but thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. And uh, so we have the time frame. And look what he says here. Many shall run to and fro. And a lot of the modern translations says run to and fro upon the earth. Uh, when he wrote this, nobody had ever gone faster than a horse could run or farther than a horse could run. When he says men are going to run to and fro upon the earth, Daniel, are you crazy? How could that be? But many of us in this room have done exactly what Daniel prophesied. I've run to and fro upon the earth. I had dinner in New York City. I had breakfast in London. I had lunch in Tel Aviv, Israel. What did I do that day? I ran to and fro upon the earth. Do you see the, the impossibility of this with their technology? But with our technology, it's a no-brainer. It happens every day. But I want to draw your attention to the last part of that verse. And knowledge shall be increased. I might add the word exponentially increased. Think about this for a moment before we launch into some new things. Knowledge will increase. Think about the history of knowledge 
it it went slow. You have the Stone Age for a thousand years, the Bronze Age for 700 years, the Iron Age for a thousand years. Technology and science and knowledge went very slow until about the time of the Renaissance, the time when the Word of God got printed in the uh, languages of the people with the Gutenberg Press, and people begin to wake up, the burning of fossil fuels, and we have an amazing blast of information on the planet. We live in uh, the information age. Technology is changing constantly. My brand new cell phone six months ago is two generations old now. (laughs) It's amazing how fast things are moving uh, and Daniel said, knowledge will increase. Boy, that's an understatement. Now, along with the exponential increase in knowledge, I want to just throw this in. World population at the time of Jesus, 250 million people. It was the year 1830 AD, the world reached a population of 1 billion people. Took all those thousands of years to get one billion. The evolutionists would say all those millions, maybe a billion years to get a billion people. But from 1830 to 1960, only 100 years, 2 billion. From 1960, or 1930, excuse me, 1960 to 1975, only 15 years, it went to 4 billion. From 75 to now, 7.4 billion people on the planet. What do you see? That same exponential curve with population. Exponential curve with population. The lost world looks at this and they say, oh no, we've got to save the planet from people. All you useless eaters out there. (laughs) The real Christ came to save us from our sins and take us from this planet to his father's house. The Antichrist wants to eliminate you from this world. Hell is prepared for the devil and his angels. Misery loves company. And Satan's goal is to blind people from Jesus and ultimately condemn them to hell. Isaiah 5.14 says, Because of the hardness of people's hearts, hell hath enlarged herself. It was never God's intention that anybody should go to hell. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's what makes us ready for the Lord's return. Have we repented? Have we turned to Jesus? Have we confessed our sins and asked him for help to turn from our sin and put our faith and trust in him as our personal Lord and Savior? Not according to the works of righteousness, which we do, but according to his mercy, he'll save us. All you have to do is call on him. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved But Satan wants to hide that from people. So the world takes a look at this exponential curve of of people, and they're freaking out. And, of course, we know it's Satan behind it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so we can see the human characters on the chessboard. I hate politics. Somebody say amen. But... 
Politics is the stage upon which this battle of the universe between God and Satan, good and evil, is played out upon. So if I'm going to be a follower of Christ, I must be aware of what the devil's doing. I must be aware of what God said in his word that he would allow the devil to do in the last days. I call it the glove of prophecy, the hand of reality. We need to be as the men of Issachar whom God commended because they understood their times and they knew what to do. We're going to conclude with that in about uh, 28 minutes from now. Game on. There's a battle. We're in it. Satan tried to stop Jesus from coming the first time. When baby Jesus was born, Herod tried to kill him. I mean, it's been a battle between God and Satan since Satan rebelled in heaven, recorded in Isaiah 14. The first battle Satan lost in heaven, cast the earth. There's a battle in the Garden of Eden, and the devil thought he won. It brought Adam and Eve under condemnation. They took the fruit. They thought they, he thought he won, but God showed up in the garden and said, oh, not so fast. Someday, through the seed of a woman, there be a man-child born who will crush your head. Christmas in the garden. Jesus is coming the first time. And the Old Testament gave us clue after clue, prophecy after prophecy. And all of that converged at the birth of Jesus. Born of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Judah, the lineage of David, in Bethlehem, a virgin birth. The wise men were prophesied. They came. Herod tried to kill all the babies. That was prophesied. Joseph was tipped off by an angel. He fled into Egypt for security reasons. My son shall come out of Egypt. All of the prophecies converged the first time he came. And all of the prophecies we looked at, two sermons Friday night, two messages last night, and this one this morning, it's all converging, as Jesus said. When you begin to see all these things come to pass, look up. So Daniel says there's going to be an increase of knowledge. This is what separates us from other generations. All generations of the church want Jesus to return. I want to go to the Father's house. I want to be reunited with my loved ones. I want to see Jesus glorified and worship worthy as the land that was slain. I want all that. I'm ready for it. But it won't be in my time or yours. It'll be in God's perfect time. It was perfect time when he came the first time. It'll be perfect time when he comes the next time. Nobody knows the day or the hour, but when you begin to see all these things come to pass, look up and be ye ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. So, we have this rise of population, and the devil comes along who wants people to, be, to die and go to hell. And so he moves subtly and in winsome ways to, to interject his worldview into the mind's of brilliant people who reject Jesus and people like Bill Gates and people like George Soros and people like uh, Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum. Can we throw, throw that uh, video up there, that, that first slide, the World Economic Forum, uh, <laughs> founded by Klaus Schwab in 1972 for the purpose of globalism. We're going to go to their records, their, their agenda out of the uh, United Nations, and they're going to tell you what their plans are in their own word. This isn't something that I made up as a pastor. I actually preached this 20 years ago. Uh, what they said, which fulfills what the Bible says is going to happen, and I had pastor friends call me and say, Brother Duke, you've gone political. You're, you're not teaching the word of God, and you're going to be sorry you're saying all these things. You're way out on a limb. Now they're calling me in the phone. Brother Duke, can you come and do a prophecy conference for us? Because everything they said they would do, they've done. Everything God said he would allow them to do, 
They're doing. It's in the word of God. I don't give a rip about what happens out there, but I care about every jot, every tittle, every word of of God. 10,365 prophecies were given to us for a reason. You think? Jesus said, behold, I tell you before it happens. Why? So that when you see it happen, you'll know what's happening. You'll know it's the word of God. You'll understand your times. You'll know who you are, why you're here, where you're going, what to expect, and be ready. I get a little excited about it. Excuse me. <laughs> Daniel, prophet knowledge will, will increase. We know from Revelation 13, we're at the middle point of the tribulation. The Antichrist has come from prominence to power. It's when he institutes the mark of the beast. I remember reading that in 1972. A mark. Beep, beep, beep. If you don't have it, you can't buy anything or sell anything. Sound crazy. The image of the beast, whatever that is, it both speaks. Something that's dead speaks, makes it alive. We never heard of artificial intelligence back in those days. I talked to Siri. Matter of fact, my friend Siri found, knows where your church is at. I said, take me to Southside Baptist. She brought me right here. She's wicked smart, amen? It's just everyday life now. Artificial intelligence. We talk to robots every day on the phone, online. Daniel told us what to expect, and he wasn't kidding. And it's all here today. The marking system. So I just want to lay a little biblical foundation. You have the people that we see, the Bill Gates of the world, the George Soroses of the world, the Klaus Schwabs of the world, the Oprah Winfrey's of the world. And they're scared about world population. So they have a plan to bring about sustainable growth. Doesn't that sound good? I know I put my garden in every year. I want to put in a whole acre, but it's not sustainable. So I do a half acre, and that's barely sustainable. Doesn't that sound Sustainable growth. Yeah, that sounds so good. But when you read in the small print, which we're going to do in a moment, right from the webpage, what they mean about it. They're meaning to reduce the human population from 7.4 billion to a sustainable 500 million. And Klaus Schwab, in his book, The Fourth Fourth Industrial Revolution, tells you how they plan to do that. Through famines, controlled (laughs) famines, uh, local wars, uh, uh, pandemics, pandemics, introducing viruses, new vaccines to fight the new viruses, and just take away the health of the people until it, it dies down to a sustainable 500 million where the elite will rule the world. I'm going to show you in their own words in just a minute. So, We have the World Economic Forum. Do you, do you see a, any numbers in the red there? there what, what numbers does that look like to you? Anybody see a six, six, six? It's got to be a coinkydink. Or maybe not. Remember in Revelation 13, God said the number of the beast will be what? Six, six, six. This is everywhere, my friends. This is Satan just kind of blowing off people who are ignorant of his word. But we're not ignorant of his word, and we recognize it's him, it's him, it's him. And God has allowed this in the time of the end. He told us what to look for, and it is here. 
You know, people uh, wake up this morning around the world, what's going on? I think God would say, that's a stupid question. I told you what's going on. I told you of the spiritual war that you're in. But you banned my Bible from your public schools. You ridicule those who lift up their voice like a trumpet and call out sin in their generation. You call them homophobes. You call them deplorables. You call them unredeemables. You call them uh, domestic terrorists. That's what I am in New York because I'm unvaccinated with covid I've had my measles and my rabies shots. <laughs> no, not that. But I've had COVID. I have the antibody. I've been around COVID 100 times. I've, I've been fine. I had a very mild case. My wife makes me take vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, and the one I always can't remember. So when I got COVID, I wasn't hardly sick. And uh, I got over it. I've been around it 100 times. No problems. But see, that's not good enough. I'm not bowing to their system. I'm a renegade. I'm a domestic terrorist, according to my governor. They have FEMA camps in New York as I speak. She has sought legislation to, to put anybody she deems as a threat to New York's uh, health uh, in, in these camps. In other words, arrest us without reason, put us in jail with no bail. It's, it's, it's catch and release for everything else in New York. Do a crime, do the paperwork, you're released, no bail, catch and release unless you're unvaccinated then you go to fema camp and you wait she tried to get this through the assembly and it was a narrow victory for me but she immediately went to the um, new york department of health and tried to get the same thing through there and it passed and then a, 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 a federal judge shot her down and now she's appealing it so you can see how satan is tightening his grip to call the bad guys the good guys and the good guys the bad guys. Isn't that what was prophesied? In the time of the end, they'll call evil good and good evil. I think killing babies is evil. They think killing babies is good. They save the whales. They save the eagles' uh, eggs, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. But then they kill the babies. Just think about that. They got the brain switch. They call evil as good and good as evil. So here we are in the time of the end. And the, the prophetic scriptures are happening right before our eyes. Now, it's interesting. We're looking at a global governance that's coming with an unelected, self-appointed world dictator whom we call the Antichrist. Think of global. The world knew nothing of anything global until for first 5,900 years of man's recorded history. But in the year 1918, just following World War I, we have the birth of the League of Nations, you know, to get everybody together to stop wars before they ever start. But it, it really didn't work out, did it? Remember, Jesus said there'd be wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not trouble, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And then after, so we have the League of Nations after World War II, it's kind of bumped up to what we call the United Nations. And since the United Nations, we're living with a myriad of world organizations. The World Health Organization, the World Bank. We're looking at now a digital world currency. 
Uh, we have the World Economic Forum here with Klaus Schwab, uh, nearing and ready to unleash the great global economic reset. That's what that's all about. You know, on your phone when it's resetting, let's talk about the reset. That, I think, is the point when the world has a cashless society. They wanted to have this in place by now, but Trump had kind of set them back, and they're going for it. The digital personal IDs. There again, there's nothing evil about personal IDs. There's nothing evil about technology. If it's in the hands of good people, it's a great tool for us. However, if it gets in the hands of evil people, look out, honey. Do you know what information they have on us? Pretty much everything, especially if you have a cell phone. Did you know your cell phone leaves a trail, a digital trail everywhere you've ever been? I was, at, I was in Washington for January 6th, but I've not been arrested because they can tell exactly how close I got to the Capitol and the, and the time when I turned left to go in front of the Capitol to around to the train station on the side. But if I had not turned left and turned right and gone 100 feet, I'd have been right at the site where the, the break-in took place. And let me tell you, it was not a break-in. Uh, I was there. The FEMA people rose up, started, not the FEMA, I'm sorry. Help me, Joellen. Antifa people were there, the little black T-shirts, and the guy on the tower with the, the microphone was FBI plant, and go on in, take it. And from inside, those doors were opened electronically. They'd never breached that. There was just a big uh, hoopla on the outside screaming and yelling and chaos. And they had the government uh, mainstream media cameras right there to record it all as they wanted to present it to the nation. But it was a setup. Trump said in 7,000 troops and Pelosi said, no, leave the place unguarded. And they pushed the button. The gates were open. The people incentivized. Did I say that right or did I get my tank tangled up? I don't know. But they went in and they, most of them were Antifa and nothing happened to them. But some of them were dumb Trump supporters. Not that they're dumb for supporting Trump, but they were dumb enough to go in they shouldn't have. And they got them digitally. Now they use that same technology. Any of you seen the 2,000 mules? You need to see that Dinesh D'Souza, 2,000 mules. They take that same technology and they watch the people between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. go to the uh, Democratic headquarters pick up 8, 10, 12 ballots, go to the deposit boxes. They got them on videotape and they got them digitally going there. They got, a digi- they got it on video of them wearing gloves, putting them in and taking a picture that they did it so they can get paid you know, $10, $15 for each ballot that they stuffed the box with. Then they go back to the next site. All night long, they're dropping in uh, ballots. And they're using that same technology for the January 6th uh, situation But we can't use it for the 2,000 mules. No, no, no. Oh, my goodness. It's the time of the end. It's all moving towards globalism. It's here, as the scripture said, it would be. 5,900 years, nothing global. Now it's almost everything global. Um, I want to give you what they gave us in 1992. You can do the next slide. UN Agenda 20. 2030, or U.S. Agenda 21 was kind of dead in its tracks for a while under Trump. And when they got him out of the way, they, entered, they renamed it the 2030 Agenda. This is off their webpage. It's in their own words, written in 1992. It sounds like it was, might have been written this week. 
but this has been around for a while. See, Satan knows what he's doing. He knows all along what his plan has been. These people hate Trump, not for his haircut, not for his mean tweets. They hate him because he understands their plan. He grew up in the John Birch Society. He's known about the invisible government, Satan's minions, world bankers, international financiers. He's grown up with that. He knows it's like the back of his hands. He's proclaimed it, and they hate him for that reason. Here's what they say are their goals. Number one, one world government. First, it was George Bush the first who talked about it. Oh, we don't have to worry about this problem. We'll settle all that in the new world order. And the uh, evangelical community said, what did you say, President Bush? What do you mean by the new world order? And he backed off on it. Well, just a slip of tongue and he didn't want to expose it. But he's the first one. Our present resident said about six weeks ago, We must lead the way into the new world order. He knows what he's talking about. Sometimes. (laughs) One world government. Nothing new. We were told about that 2,000 years ago by John the Revelator, Revelation chapter 13. We were told about that by by Daniel 2,600 years ago, chapter 2 and chapter 7, as we saw on Friday night. Number two, one global controlled cashless currency. And that's almost here. What's your dollar worth today? When I, was, when I was, uh, started driving, gasoline was 24.9 cents a gallon. Somebody say amen. Of course, I wasn't making $25, $30, $40 an hour in those days either. But the money, the value of our uh, money has gone down to nearly nothing. It's not just our currency. Uh, the the uh, euro is actually less than the dollar now. The British pound is less than a dollar. 30 years ago, a uh, uh, British pound was $2.40 in U.S. Today, it, it's about 97 cents. What can you buy for a dollar anymore? I used to get 10 Reese's cups. Excuse me. I used to get 20 Reese's cups for a dollar. If I ate 20 Reese's cups today, I would be dead of sugar overload. One global controlled cashless currency preacher could do a whole sermon on that it seemed like how could that be and yet here we are throwing in our plastic beep and it's going to soon turn to a chip already in sweden people are chipped up do i think the chips that are being used in sweden are the mark of the beast i've been to sweden 17 times i've spent like 34 weeks of my life in sweden i preach all over sweden have a lot of swedish christian friends and i love sweden and they are on the front end of technology beep I don't believe that's the mark of the beast, but it's, it's, a, it's a forerunner of the mark of the beast. It's the same technology that they're using in Sweden. Now, as we speak, it'll be used all over the world. I don't, think, uh, I don't believe that is the mark, but it's similar to what the mark will be. I don't think the mark of the beast will be uh, set up and established till the middle point of the tribulation. People say, do you think that the vaccines are the mark of the beast? no. They're not the mark of the beast. But it is a forerunning of, of uh, the enemy preparing the mindset of the world populace to receive you know, governmental control over everything because the government's there for you because the government loves you so much. Trust us. Trust us. Trust us. Number three, one global central bank. Number four, one global military. You, we've all seen the United Nations white trucks, white t- 
tanks, white uh, uh, personal or human you know, caring systems, secure the United Nations to keep the peace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all here. This was written in 1992. It's here. Number six, the end of all uh, privately owned property, except, of course, for the elite. That's exactly what happens in uh, communist takeovers. Nobody owns anything. That's what Klaus Schwab said in his book. You all live in 800-square-foot apartments, in high-rise uh, buildings, in smart cities, uh, no uh, private uh, uh, cars, ownership. You'll own nothing, and you'll be happy. When I hear him say that, I'm thinking, well, <laughs> you better be, do a pretty powerful job on the upcoming vaccines, because I don't know how people could be happy in those conditions. My wife and I were able to travel to Romania not long after uh, the communism wall was down, and we saw what um, the Romanian president, what's his name, I'm just losing, Ceausescu, did to his own country, the high-rise apartments, little drab uh, concrete buildings, 800 square foot. We saw it, and they just went out in the countryside and leveled everything, made these massive government farms. So we've seen it, how it demoralizes the people and gets the people, just breaks them down to where they, the older people just like have no life. And the younger people that came out from under communism look at what's happening in the American university say, you guys wake up, you're crazy. You have no idea. You're fighting against the greatest country in the world. You're going to bring upon yourselves what we just escaped from. We met, we rode on the train with a bunch of Romanian students that spoke English and they, they thought American young people were very, very stupid for buying into the devil's lie. They had just gotten out from under that tyranny and yet it's coming. Satan is tightening his grip. Totalitarianism is coming in the time of the end. I think Jesus is going to come back before all this happens. I don't think we have anything to worry about as believers, but I want to be keenly aware of it and use the knowledge I have to encourage God's people that we don't have to be fearful. And number two, to use the knowledge we have to turn other people who are not ready for Christ to come to get them ready. Number six, the end of all privately owned property. Number seven, the end of the family unit. You know, Hillary said, it takes a village. No, it doesn't. It takes a mom and dad, a grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles and cousins. That's what it takes to raise a child. That's how God set it up. And they're going to try to change that in the end. Breakdown of the family unit. Number eight, population control. Depopulation from 7.4 billion to a sustainable 500 million and uh, and a controlled population densities move all the people into the cities and let all the land be laying fallow so it can make turn co2 back into oxygen we can live eternally without god it's all part of their plan they laid it out this is in their own words number nine endless mandatory vaccines the end of the nuremberg code end of the Hippocratic Oath, the end of 240 years of American medical history, endless mandatory vaccines. You think COVID was a coinkydink, or do you think maybe it was a pandemic? Have you studied out what Fauci was doing in 2015? Have you studied out the patents that he and the uh, Center of Disease Control were doing backstage? Have you studied that out? Have you ever heard of a vaccine that never, human animal testing was waived, an untested vaccine that was approved and then made mandatory for many people? I have friends in New York that had to take it or lose their job. I had friends in New York that lost their jobs because they wouldn't take it. I have people in New York that have taken it and wish they hadn't. 
Mandatory vaccines, 1992. Number 10, universal uh, basic income. Remember the Democratic uh, debates, the one guy from Hawaii, the Democrat presidential wannabe, actually spoke about universal basic income. We'll just pay people off, drug them down, they'll own nothing, and they'll be happy. This is everywhere we turn. Who'd have thunk it? 1992. Klaus Schwab calls all these people that we will give universal basic income to useless eaters and will eliminate them systematically over the course of the next 40 years through vaccines, through introduction of uh, viruses and uh, starvation, famines, and war. It's all in his book. It's right there. He's not hiding it. Number 11, microchip society for trade, for tracking, and for travel control. Digital ID Personal digital IDs, this is what COVID vaccinations are all about, in my view. Tracking. <laughs> we used to have to stop at the toll booths all over New York. We don't have to stop anymore. Isn't that great? Except they know exactly where we are at all times because we go through the surveillance things. We drive under, they know where we're at, and it's not evil. But that knowledge will be in the hands of the evil controllers. You see, it's all about control. Hang on. We have some good news to wrap up with today. I hate doing all this, but we need to be aware of what the devil said he's going to do. God said he's going to allow the devil to do in the end times, to put the hand of reality into the glove of prophecy. Uh, Number 12, implementation of a world social credit system. Already here in China, a complete surveillance system with facial recognition. We see it every day on Facebook. <laughs> it's your birthday! And all of a sudden, 10 pictures of Duke and, and myself and the birthday people. Facial recognition. Nothing evil about it. It's kind of fun for birthdays. But it's not fun when they know exactly where you are and what you're up to and you don't fit into their system and you don't do the social system and you place something on Facebook that's contrary to the official government uh, agenda and they click off your uh, account and you can buy nothing and you can sell nothing, even without the chip. Oh my goodness. They're gaining further control. A universal world social system, which is already in place in China, and they control their people. Um, Number 13, Internet of all things. What right now is on Internet? All things. I didn't hardly know what the Internet was in 1992. But today we have the Internet. Our banking's on the Internet. Uh, uh, I, I sign electronically for... Uh, we're selling some properties and I'm out of town and so we have everything on the internet. Our airplane tickets on the internet, our rental cars on the internet, everything. The internet of everything. That sounded so un- un- unreal in 1992, but it's here today. Gov- number 14, government raised kids. Notice in the Democratic platform, universal child care. Those main Republicans don't. No, we want, we want mom and dad to raise their kids. Grandmas and grandmas, uncles and cousins. They want government-raised kids. You don't have the right to have a voice into your children's education, said the Biden administration, sticking the Department of Justice upon the parents in Columbus, Ohio, who found out what was being taught to their children in the private school, uh, Columbus Academy, $50,000 a year. Dad went and said, I don't want this crap being taught to my kids. 
I'm sorry I said that word, but I'm from New York, and that's commonly used in New York. Is that okay to say that in South Carolina? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't want all this junk being taught to my children. And the Department of Justice came after him to silence him, to intimidate him, to litigate him and take away his money and silence him and other parents. Don't you tell us what you want your child to be taught. 1992, baby. It's here today. Government raised kids. Are you aware that California is dealing with legislation now to vax children without parental notification? Do you realize children can get sex change uh, uh, surgery, sex change uh, drugs without parental notification? A father found out about this. Uh, I think it was in Minnesota. He rose up against it. He found out what they were doing to his child. And they arrested him and they indicted him for child abuse because he wouldn't allow. He didn't want to allow, but the government circumvented him and stopped him from having any voice. And the girl, how old was the girl, Joanne? Like 15 years old? 14, 15 years. My wife knows what's going on. I have to refer to her a lot. She is my great uh, studier and resource. She knows more about this stuff than I do. So if I mess up, it's her fault because she gave me... (laughs) And so government, numbers 15, government-owned and controlled schools, no voice for parents or local community standards. Number 16, the end of private transportation. Now, that's really nice. No more... Uh, uh, car ownership, except, of course, for the elite. Uh, now they're pushing towards electric cars. <laughs> they really, I'd just be living in California with an electric car and no electricity. How about that? It's, it's their problem, not mine. But they want to bring it to New York, and they, I'm surely they will. But I'm going to vote against Hochul and then mo- leave New York, so that will be their problem. End of private transportation, number 17, all business owned by government corporations, just like China today. Number 18, restriction of all non-essential air travel. Pastor Duke wants to go to Texas to preach the gospel. Nope, non-essential, ain't going to go. You see, the foundation, foundation doctrine of their new religion is green as God. And they've convinced a generation of, of, it used to be global warming, which is unproven completely. If you've studied the climate, you'll see the world's constantly changed. Four times uh, during the decade of the 70s, uh, Time Magazine front page warned of coming uh, ice age. So I got copies of that. Actually, it was sent to me electronically, and I posted it on Facebook. It's the copy of Time Magazine. And Facebook took it down, put me in jail, and said it's false information. (laughs) I'm so ready for the fact checkers to face the real fact checker of the universe. Amen? They're going down. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Where was I? We're almost done here. Um, a restriction and see because of that that uh, global God is green movement we have to get rid of fossil fuels we have to starve out all these people we must save the planet from the people and we'll do it slow we'll do it methodically we'll do it systematically and we'll do it in a subtle way that they won't even really know what's going on but they told us. They're not hiding it. But as soon as somebody like me or your preacher brings this up, oh, conspiracy theorists, 
you're preaching politics, not the Bible. And they slammed, they shut us down. You should, folks should be proud of your preacher that he hits these things, hits these nails on the head. He's fearless. He wants you to know what's going on in this world so you can be ready to face the last days. This mess, I'm, I'm invited out. My schedule is full. Uh, people want to hear it, but as many churches that want to hear it, we have preachers, churches that don't want to hear any of this. They just want to talk about Jesus, hold hands, sing kumbaya. Now how do you feel? We need to be ready. We need to be aware. We need not to have our heads in the sand. Number 19 kind of mentioned this before. Settlement zones, concentrations of humans in city central as they do it. You no longer have the right to choose where you will live. They'll make that decision for you and you'll be happy, Klaus Schwab says. Number 20, end of private farms, livestock, and irrigation. Oh, my goodness. I have pastor friends telling me all over the country, excuse me, farmer friends all over the country that their neighbors are selling out to the, their properties for double the value to the Communist Chinese Party or to Bill Gates. They're shutting down farms all over our country. We're producing less food and we need to feed more people. You see the, the convergence. You see Satan tightening his grip. Are you aware of the 300 food factories in America under the Biden administration that are shut down? They were burnt down. They were destroyed. Are you aware of that? Study it out. It's all right there for you to know. Mainstream media won't tell you any of this. It's all there for the finding. End of private farms, livestock, and irrigation. I, could, I have a whole podcast on Antichrist and agriculture. You want to listen to that. Number 21, restricted land use and single-family homes no more. I saw how they did that in Romania, and it's tragic, and it's coming across the world when the Antichrist has his way. People living in those 800-square-foot apartments. Number 22, ban of natural, non-synthetic drugs and medications. COVID was the start. It was the beginning of banning the unapproved drugs. I have had hydroxychloroquine six times for my trips to the Amazon but I could not get it for COVID. My doctor, who's a Christian who wanted to give it to me, couldn't or he would have gone to jail. And my doctor quit. He retired. He said, if I can't practice medicine properly, I won't practice medicine at all. I admire his courage. I admire his sacrifice. But what have we seen? We see the centralization of control of agriculture centralization of control of education, centralization of control for medicine. It's all in the matrix. That's the bad news. That's what they say their plans are. And they're almost there. Jesus sits at heaven (laughs) and laughs at them. I assure you, King Jesus has not even broken a sweat. He's on the throne. He told us he'd let this happen in the time of the end. In a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, the last trump. Nobody knows the day or the hour. But the trumpet will sound. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. I don't know the timing of any of this. God has not revealed that. But he has revealed the sequence. The church at Thessalonica was scared. The Antichrist, the end of the world. No, the end of the age. 
When's this kingdom coming? Will it be the end of the world? Will we live? Will we die? What will happen? And he assured them in 1 Thessalonians 1, 9, you are not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he was talking about the time of the end. Then he closed out 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10 with the same verse. You're not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians, he went into great detail. He said that, that before the time of the end, there'll be a falling away and apostasy. We see that today at churches that are dying. They're not standing on the word of God. They're social organizations with tax-exempt status. They're not, they don't have the fires of the gospel burning in their heart, and they're dying, falling away first. That's happening. And then that man of sin be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the brightness of his coming when he, Jesus comes. And it says that the Antichrist, when he comes... Uh, he's going to sit in the temple of God in Jerusalem claiming to be God. We went over that last night in great detail, all in my podcast. If you missed it, you can see it. Plus, you recorded these messages. You can get it on that. And then it says, He who now letteth will let the Holy Spirit, this restrainer, the word let is the Greek word. We get the word restrainer. The Holy Spirit is restraining. He's exposing. That's what we're doing this weekend exposing through the word of God what's going on in their own words. They're telling us what their plans are. And so we understand. And it says we're not appointed to wrath. He who now letteth, this is 2 Thessalonians 2, 7, he will let, he will restrain until he, the Holy Spirit, is taken out of his way. Then shall that wicked one be revealed. The Antichrist can't come with this completed system that we just looked at until we go home. God's going to take us, believers, out of his way. And then that wicked one is revealed. Whom the Lord will concede, will destroy with the brightness of his coming. And those that have been left behind have been deceived. Remember Jesus said, be not deceived, but they didn't listen to him with all deceivableness of unrighteous in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them, the unbelievers, strong delusion that they be a lie, believe a lie. I think Satan's Antichrist is going to explain the rapture. You can't have the sudden disappearance of millions, maybe billion people, gone! Where did they go? Some people say, well, spaceships came in and took them to la-la land. I don't think that's what's going to, I think the Antichrist will come on international TV with all the deceptiveness of Satan himself, angel of light, and explain the rapture with a big fat lie. Beloved, the world has never faced such trying times, but there was that group of people among us that wouldn't join in. They wouldn't be united with a new world religion, and they had to be their way or the highway. They believed Jesus was the only way to heaven, and the wrath of God has fallen upon those children of disobedience. They're, it's just the exact opposite of the truth. And the people, thank God I didn't go to Southside Baptist Church. I knew those people were crazy. <laughs> and life will go on. They'll be glad they didn't, uh, they didn't join in with biblical Christianity because they'll make the good guys to look like the bad guys and the bad guys to look like the good guys. And the Antichrist enters in in prominence. Three and a half years later, he comes to power. We showed all the wars and things that will bring him to power and then three and a half years later Jesus comes back on a white horse we're coming with him my wife's a little nervous about the white horse thing and by the power of his word he'll speak and the enemies of God will be destroyed 
You think that'll really happen, Pastor Duke? Absolutely. Because every other prophecy has happened to the letter. And so will that. Should I be scared? I think Jesus would say, fear not. I'm with you. I told you to watch for. Did I tell you the truth? Yep. I'm coming for you. And in my father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, we've told you. I come to prepare a place for you. I'm not scared. I have no fear. I'm a little nervous <laughs> about some things. I have uh, eight grandchildren and one in heaven. I'd like them to have a better world. But you know what? If we could push all this back and get back to a constitutional republic and, 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 and have a, a wonderful um, America again like we once had, or go to heaven. I'm choosing heaven, preacher. I'd rather have my grandkids grow up in heaven. In heaven. With old papa and old grandma and great, great, great grandma Mosier. And I'm ready for Jesus to come. Amen. When we shall see him, we'll be like him. These old bodies put on. We get new bodies. The older I get, the more I like that verse. And as we said earlier, the greatest part of all. We see Jesus. Amen. And wouldn't it be wonderful to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Someone here today or online listening in, say, Pastor Duke, I pondered these things all my life. I believe in Jesus. He's the Savior of the world, Son of God, but I've never called on him. I've never committed my life to him. I've never asked him to forgive me personally of my sin. Come into my heart, come into my life and take over. If you're not saved, you're not ready. Why don't you humble your heart before God right now? Pray, we like to call it the sinner's prayer. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. I'm turning to you. I'm in repentance. I want to turn away from my sin. I need your help. But today I know I'm a sinner. I'm condemned. And I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to live for you. I'm sorry. Please save me. Come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. Today I give up. I give in. I let go. I let God. I'm yours. Anybody in the room with our heads bowed and eyes closed say, I just prayed that prayer for the first time. I've never called on the Lord till today. I've never asked him into my heart till just now. I just did that. Would you raise your hand all over the house? Preacher, you watch too. You're the pastor here. Is anybody, I just prayed that prayer. I just received Christ. I don't see any hands. Christian, what do you do? You read your Bible and you pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. What do I do? You plug into your church. You roll up your sleeves. You build your life around the word of God, the work of God, the house of God. You be the preacher's right hand man, the right hand woman. You show up to serve. You work with other people. You open your home for hospitality. You serve with all you got. And you know, you're laying up treasures in heaven where moths and rust don't corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal. Make a commitment. Don't be half-hearted. Halfway's the wrong way. If you're not for me, Jesus said you're against me. Fire it up. Let go. Let God yield to him. Pray right now. Lord Jesus, I recommit myself to you. I want my eyes on you. I want my hand on the plow. I want to live for you, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
It's all about you. Prepare me for these last days to make a difference in, in my family and in my community and in my church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Preacher, you take the service. Thank you, Brother Duke. Three statements. God is in control. Jesus is coming again. The third most important question is, are you ready? I pray that you are. I pray that you are. If you have some questions, Pastor Duke and myself will be here up front after the service. We'll be happy to talk with you and help you how you can follow Jesus and know him more. We're going to end our service in prayer. After the prayer, if we can have some of our men that will stack these center chairs for Awana tonight, it would be greatly appreciated. Don't forget about signing up for the trunk or treat there in the foyer. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful that you're always in control. In a time in which we can be tempted to be fearful, in a time in which we can look at how crazy the world can be, but because of your word, because you've given it to us, I pray that we'll read it, that we'll dissect it, we'll take it in eternally. And as we read it, God, that it gives us hope, it gives us peace, because that's what Jesus brings us, brings us hope, brings us peace. And in this world that's going crazy, I'm going to put my faith, I'm going to put my trust But God, I pray that you'll bless us this week. Help us to be on fire for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.